0: Hello and welcome to Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon and streaming live around the world at cfcr.ca. With me tonight is Troy Gronsdahl, curator of live events at Remy Modern and here to talk about Lugo. Thank you for joining me, Troy. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So Lugo, happening a little later this year and happening at an off-site location. So tell me a bit about the event.
1: Sure. Yeah, like you mentioned, we're uh, moving it off-site this year. We've got that sort of... uh, Awkward between stage. Right now uh, the uh, the galleries are full of crates and the new space isn't quite available yet for us. So we're doing the event offsite this year. We wanted to do it again, but we just had to sort of figure out how we could maybe do it. So this year we're doing it at an event space at O'Brien's Event Center. This is on uh, Saturday, April 16th. One of the great things about working in an event space though is the galleries aren't really designed to do that kind of programming. <laughs> so for me, it's been uh, really great to, to work in a place that's got like all the toilets we need and security and they've got ticketing and they've got bartenders and they've got people to help you clean up after. and they've got concert audio and projection. So what we're sort of lacking in a little bit of the sort of novelty or charm of being in the gallery space, uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, having sort of different kind of capacity in in the new space.
0: Well, and tell me a bit about that. You've got, as you were mentioning, opportunities for sound and video that you wouldn't have in a gallery. So how is that affecting it? How is that sort of, is that directing at all the programming that you're doing this year?
1: Yeah, well, I think one of the things that we're doing is uh, trying to transform the space a little bit. So it feels a little bit less like uh, an event space and more like a more like an art experience or trying to shift sort of the experience that you might have in that space. So to that end, we're doing a a lot of projection uh, work. So uh, my coworker, Lindsay Ruski, who works quite a bit with visuals herself, is kind of spearheading this uh, projection program where we have projection mapping and she's been working with local artists and designers to create animations and moving images for uh, projection in the space. We're also uh, bringing in uh, Carrie Gates, who's a VJ. She's gonna do like a live VJ set. So, and some of the artists as well, the performers are working with artists who do live visuals to add that sort of dynamic into their, into their presentation. So it's gonna be um, visually saturated, I think. Lindsay actually today was mentioning she might she may uh, post uh, something about
0: people who have seizures
1: or you know it's going to be stimulating visually stimulating let's say
0: and maybe a little immersive too <laughs> once you're in that environment so yeah. well, it also op- opens the opportunity to bring in some artists who may not otherwise be showing in this type of space or or with you like young some younger artists like Stephanie Cuse or Colby Richardson
1: yeah it's great because one of the things I really love about Lugo is uh, it's a, a way for us to reach out into sort of the broader arts community and bring people who work in all different kinds of disciplines together, and also it's it's a, a great way to kind of extend the our reach a little bit. Like we don't show tons of like sort of new media work, or uh, uh, I think in the in the new gallery we'll probably doing we'll probably be doing a lot of stuff around with new music, for example. So this is a chance for us to start to. Kind of explore that a little bit in in a in an event like Lugo, um, so that's pretty exciting. I think for me, we can start to start to kind of try to get our arms around uh, this these ways that people are working in the community and kind of showcasing it at an event like Lugo.
0: Showcasing it and using it as an example to see sort of how the public responds or how it can be incorporated into such an event.
1: Yeah, I think too um, because we're at. I was sort of debating this actually as I was kind of putting the program together. So we're going to be at a music venue, so we're going to have probably the best audio capabilities that we're ever going to have for a Lugo, you know, because it's sure. designed for that. But then I was found myself programming all of these more like electronic artists or artists who are doing experimental work. So we do have some DJs and we do have some um, we do have a band performing and some sort of traditional kind of music. It's sort of weird to say traditional music when it's like contemporary, but you know what I mean?
0: Not noise or not... Not
1: droning, not not droning soundscape tones and things
0: that unfold over 15 minutes. Something with maybe a chorus, maybe some words, that kind of (laughs) thing, that traditional. Yeah. Great. Well, and then I just want to go through a few of the other performers you have coming. I think of people like Stephanie as a designer. And mm-hmm. I mean, I know she sort of moves through both areas, but you also have designers involved in another way. But before we get to them, one of the other projects you're doing is involving tonight is poetry.
1: Yes, we were sort of chatting before about this, but one of the things uh, I was kind of interested in this year is giving it just a slightly more uh, developed almost kind of framework or I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a curatorial like premise but I wanted to give it some structure that would kind of give it a bit of a thematic focus.
0: Give something for people to respond to to some extent.
1: Yeah and uh, I thought the idea of uh, movement was something that I guess made a bit of sense because we are moving but I also like the idea of movement in the sense of collective action or you know the idea of uh, artists having some kind of political agency or being able to accomplish some sort of like social outcome through this collective action and so that was a piece of the movement that I, I was interested in sort of drawing into the conversation part of it was through references to some of our visual designs going to reference like the avant-garde of the 20th century and sort of these um, early experiments in film these early animations and things like that but also uh, we've been working with tonight's poetry for a number of years they've been really great to work with and so uh, this year I sort of approached them with the idea that uh, they could respond to a historical manifesto in some way. So it's sort of, uh, we're getting seven seven spoken word artists who are kind of developing new pieces in response to historical manifestos, which I think is kind of a, a neat way to kind of draw on this idea that uh, both that artists have some kind of capacity to affect social change, or they can, you know, have some of this sort of, There's a a collective kind of activity that has kind of value in art and sort of have them kind of get inspired by some of the manifestos and respond to them. And that's going to kind of be a a rhythm of uh, performances that happen throughout the night. So we're going to be switching between sort of the main stage area and this platform that we're going to use for the spoken word artists. So they're going to sort of have this rhythm of uh, performances that kind of color, I think, the, the evening in some way, which I'm looking forward
0: to. Well, that's interesting, too, when you're talking about poets responding to the words that artists have created, because we always, when you think of art, you always go to the visual first, but certainly there's a large conceptual basis to much of it, and it, it's interesting to sort of hear someone who focuses more on words response to some of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Part of it, too, is like uh, one of the things that we're trying to do during this pre-launch period is kind of indicate some of the ideas that we're working with for the the new Remy Modern. And my position is in live programs. So that will include things like spoken word and experimental music or new music. We're going to have concerts, film. Mm-hmm. So it's um, <clears throat> dance especially. So there's um, sort of an interest too in, in building our, uh, our relationships both with like communities working in that way and kind of sharing it with an audience to kind of get people interested in the way that contemporary artists are working with these disciplines and and sort of bringing them together.
0: And sort of pushing us in terms of what we consider to be contemporary art too sometimes as an institution (laughs) maybe, like just sort of when we're thinking of poets, that's interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, I got a soft spot for poetry obviously because of my background in music and in language and things like that. So I'm really happy that they kind of took this challenge up because it is, uh, Lugo is one of those events where... um, It's super intense to put together. It happens, comes together often quite quickly. And uh, it's really awesome when artists can respond and enthusiastically, you know, and kind of dive into a project like this. So uh, I'm really happy with the support of like tonight's poetry and the spoken word artists who are participating.
0: Well, and then the other aspect that you have going on is now you're having some designers respond to the poems. (laughs) Yeah. And and again, I, I think it's interesting and I think it's encouraging to see that blending of... Different disciplines and sort of doing away with some of those. When I, when I'm talking about that visual art, doing away with some of those old traditional, like well, this this is what art is, and sort of you know trying to trouble that a bit. Uh, but now bringing in design too and bringing some of that. So tell me a bit about what the designers will be doing in response.
1: So uh, we have five or six designers, and they're working with uh, excerpts from the poems. So each of the poets, oh, the ones that were able to participate, uh, sent me an, an excerpt from either the work they're going to be performing or. Um, one of their pieces that they've already uh, written. And I pass that along to uh, the designers and they're going to develop a poster basically that I guess inspired, not inspired because it's going to be drawing directly from that material. So they're going to create a series of five or six posters that Hmm. kind of uh, respond, I guess, to the
0: poetry and try to visually represent that in a way that design sometimes can work with text in a way art doesn't always that's but, right yeah, yeah. they're good at that they're they're they are uh, <laughs> just to go through some of the other people that are coming the headliner this year is the first time as i understand a headliner from out of town
1: yeah this is a bit new for us we're uh, bringing in an artist from ottawa uh, bear witness who i'm sure many of your listeners know uh he's a dj with uh, a tribe called red and you know they've had such a enormous kind of success in the last couple of years we're really excited to bring him out to dj but he's also a very good media artist as well so the Mendel art gallery has one of his videos in the collection so we're going to share that and then he's also going to perform so yeah we're really excited to bring someone in this year it's not something that we normally do but again because we're in this kind of in-between time and we're kind of taking some liberties with the format anyway. We thought, like, let's try it. Let's try this let's see how it goes.
0: Well, it gives you a venue to bring an artist to. And, right. And choosing a little how you curate that. I mean, because as you mentioned, he's got work in the in the collection, but he's also been someone who you've shown mm-hmm. and in the past who's had a fairly decent relationship with Saskatoon going back a little while. I think mm-hmm. of Tribe's anniversary this past year mm-hmm. where he was part of that yep. panels as well, which I know is outside this, but just... No, and then that like really I I met him at uh, I met him at the tribe
1: of reception. He was DJing after I think he had the exhibition at Paved Arts, and then right. we kind of did this sort of wrap up kind of social kind of event. He DJed at it, so I got a chance to chat with him a bit, and um, I thought it would be uh, nice to bring him out. You know, he's he also has like a kind of a sound that a uh, little bit like electronic, a little dubstep kind of hip hop that I thought would be kind of nice to like blast in that like room because it's going to be like really loud and physical i think so i think it's going to sound good and i think he's like the right person to bring in for this
0: is he speaking as well as part of this or is it purely a performance based? no it's going to be
1: purely performance i I hadn't thought about that that might have been a nice idea that's actually a good idea for future iterations to do talks before the event might be a a neat way to to do it as well
0: well just the reason I think of with Bear Witness is just thinking of his talk at at the tribe's anniversary and the way he came on. I just remembered that one stuck in my mind because he came, he was the one who came on without any visuals, like at all. Mm-hmm. And yet held the audience, at least held my attention. Just, he can talk, he yeah. can tell a story, you know, and I thought that was really interesting to see. So but.
1: that's a nice idea. I'm going to steal that for next year. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs>
0: So another set of performers are the Unheard Sound Series, who just had to show at Vangelis.
1: But... Right. So they're they're doing a they're um uh, sort of a an informal kind of well maybe they're formal. They're a, a local arts collective. Travis Cole, Todd Emmel, and Chad Munson, and they present these they're presenting a series of kind of experimental or new audio performances at Vangelis. They just wrapped up their series. I think the last one was last night. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to develop a, I think a little bit of a an interest in some of these kind of new music practices i'll say it that way and as well as kind of foster local uh, production in that so they've been supporting a lot of local artists as well and bringing people in so one of the things i kind of like to do at lugo is look at some of the, the artists and and collectives that are kind of doing interesting projects in the city and and bringing them in inviting them to like contribute in some way so they've um They've uh, approached uh, two artists, uh, Paul width from Regina and uh, Peter Greer from Saskatoon. Uh, they're actually going to create a new piece for the event. They're going to be feeding each other uh, a live signal, and they're going to be manipulating each other's feeds. So it's going to have, um, it's going to, I guess, unfold in real time. Um, and it's a new piece that they're developing for this kind of around the idea of movement because they're going to be sharing each other's uh, kind of audio feeds and manipulating them to create this new piece they're going to be on side stages so they're going to be kind of apart from each other working back and forth and there being a, uh, another Regina artist uh, Colby Richardson's going to be joining them as well to do some live visuals um, so I think that'll be a, a really great work and, um, and in one of those situations where it's like you know, we kind of reach out to some artists who are doing interesting things and they kind of run with it. So I, I really like that part about Lugo where people can kind of it can be a, an opportunity to get excited about about making something new and, and sharing it with a, an audience.
0: Well, and it's interesting, too, obviously, in a curatorial process that often you're often giving artists that space. But when you're talking about how quickly this can come together, it also to me sometimes reduces that barrier. Well, let's try something new, maybe, you know. Mm-hmm
1: yeah it is an opportunity for people to test out new stuff and uh we always have such great audiences for lugo you know people are really curious and excited about art and you know a really positive kind of vibe so i think it's like a great opportunity for people to test new work and and kind of share what they've been working on
0: well and when i think of in general a number of the artists we're talking about a younger age group to some extent than might be shown at a a normal show or artists that are a little bit more in the merging stages of their career. So when you're talking about being able to reach new audiences, I think that's a nice opportunity too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think that's part of what gives gives it sort of a certain vibrancy is uh, bringing together those diverse kind of groups of artists. So people in emerging parts of their careers, people who are a little more established, uh, people working across different disciplines, and it kind of makes it vibrant and really rich, I think.
0: Well, and I've been away for the last two Lugos, but when I'm thinking about what I've heard, the last one was amazing. You totally missed it. <laughs> well, there we go. And I, I think of Bam's performance and some yeah. of you know, and that that was what I saw being shared after the event or being talked yeah. about after the event. So it's it's interesting because you're giving these artists a, a space to try something out. Like that was for them quite new at the time, and you know. yeah, that was that was a
1: really great experience last year. I think for not only the audience that came, but for, you know, for the gallery as well to reach out, again, reaching out to artists who are doing interesting things in our community and saying, do you guys want to develop something for Lugo, you know? And that was really successful. It was really well-received. And that's the kind of thing I I think we like to continue to in the future.
0: Another aspect Lugo will be highlighting is dance. You've got a couple different dance performances that will be having during the event.
1: Yeah, I thought if the sort of, Theme of the event was going to be around movement, which you know we talked a little bit about the idea of movement as a collective action. But I was also thinking, obviously, about the way uh, movement works in contemporary art through things like dance. I thought we better get some some dance into the lineup. So uh, just in February, we did a, a really great project with uh, Tanya Lukin Linklater. She was in Saskatoon working with a few the da- three dancers over a number of days to develop a performance that we did and one of the performers uh, Kyle Sievertson has come on board this year to develop a piece she's going to perform twice actually and she's a has a really strong kind of background in improvisation Uh, she's very physical when we were in there uh, exploring the space she was climbing all over everything so um, she's developing a new piece for uh, Lugo which is one of those kind of great moments again where an artist gets excited about the idea of developing something new and, and trying it so she's uh developing a couple pieces one's going to happen at our pre-party event and she's got another one where she's working with a collaborator as well she often works with uh, collaborator,
0: collaborators Okay, but developing this dance, and you were mentioning it came out of Tanya's performance, and that wasn't something we'd had really much of a chance to talk about, but this happened a few weeks ago now, and Mm -hmm. where Tanya, and I just thought, the part I thought that was interesting there was it wasn't like you say, just bringing someone in to perform, it was about working with the community and developing a performance with the community to some extent, or
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really one of the strong things about Tanya's performance is that she, when she produces it or presents it in, in different communities, she works with local dancers, and through that process kind of develops new variations of her work. So there's like an openness to it that, it, you know, I find conceptually really interesting and rich, which I think is also the same with, with movement. Like there's an openness to it. It's like not textual, right? It's not something that we can uh, necessarily read or, you know, interpret in the same way that we, we would with a lot of uh, even 2D visual art. So it's, there's uh, something I, th- I would use the term affective my art school training coming up here. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's there's something um, about the experience of a, of a body moving in space that is completely uh, a different way of experiencing art than something 2D or, or something kind of more static.
0: Well, and then there's almost this aspect of extending that relationship by allowing someone who she's worked with to then have space with the Remy to come and do something and mm-hmm. continue, continue on, not in a direct response to Tanya's piece, but instills in some ways having that relationships. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Again, we're developing these pre-launch programs as kind of ways to kind of point to some of the things we're interested in and uh, performance is definitely something that we're going to be looking at in the new gallery and dance as well. So I thought Tanya's piece was just a really beautiful way to kind of introduce that a little bit in our pre-launch program and then now with Lugo, it gives us another chance to kind of follow up on that again and invite a dancer to, to create another piece and share. It's gonna be different, of course, because you know there's gonna be hundreds of people there and it's gonna be uh, probably a little bit loud and a little charged in a different way. But yeah, I, th- I think I'm, re- I'm really pleased that uh, Kyle's returning to, to present this work. We're also working with Free Flow uh, Dance again this year. They've been a real uh, sort of mainstay in the contemporary dance community in Saskatoon. And it's, there again, uh, an organization that we can reach out to, to, to work with, where we're like, you know, recognizing the work that these people are doing in the community to support their art and trying to share that, I guess, with a broader audience
0: and find a, a means through which to incorporate it. Mm-hmm. I guess w- one aspect I remember from past Lugos is that there would be multiple performances happening or taking place in different spaces, given the size of, of the building. Will this be more of a sort of a featured performance at a time or are there still gonna be different?
1: Yeah, that was one of the, one of the great things about having it in the gallery is that there's a little bit more of a discovery, like a process of discovery. And we had um, these sort of discrete or somewhat discrete spaces to work in so we could have you know different things happening uh, in different spaces in the gallery and you could kind of discover something and that had a really like i think that was really a strength of having it in the gallery because we're in a in a venue this year we've we have less of an opportunity for that but we're still trying to make that happen so one of the ways we're doing that is performing in different spaces within the within the venue so There's a a raised platform area kind of adjacent to the main room. That's going to be our our platform for the spoken word artists. Some of the dance is going to be actually taking place on the floor, like on the the main floor. Uh, We've got some side stages for the piece I was describing earlier, and we're going to have some things obviously happening on the main stage, but I'm trying to structure it in a way where we can um, kind of alternate between sort of front and back so we can go from an opera performance on the stage to a spoken word piece uh, in the back and then we can return to the side stages for this kind of unfolding of this kind of audio piece and then from that you know we can go back to our spoken word artists they're going to sort of be the punctuation marks almost or sort of the the markers or chapters i think for the event so we're going to be going kind of moving back and forth in the space there's sort of logistical reasons to do it you know so that kind of um gives us an opportunity to change over artists without, you know, having huge interruptions and can hopefully kind of like flow into each other a little bit more.
0: Uh, And make it a slightly less of a concert where you have like a performer next performer kind of thing too. Right. But yeah. And so then the other aspect that we sort of mentioned briefly was that there is a musical, uh, there will be, like as you mentioned, more traditional music, mm-hmm. but there, there's a couple DJs. We mentioned Carrie Gates and DJ Charlie Hustle will also be there.
1: Yeah, The Gaff will be holding it down and Bear Witness, of course. Um, we also have uh, Vero. Right. Uh, who's
0: a... Uh, young Benjamins. Yeah, uh, she plays well. with
1: Young Benjamins and she's... Um a bilingual artist, and she plays, uh, she's a multi instrumentalist, I guess you could say. She described herself as a Frenchier, folkier porta's head at some point. So I, I saw that
0: description. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure that came from her. That's I thought great. that was really awesome.
1: Yeah. We also, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're bringing in a, an opera performer again this year as well. So I think that's going to be kind of a cool experience.
0: And then the other person you have coming in is Virtual Flannel, who I don't think we've mentioned. Right. So, so then the other aspect that gets shared probably the most of this is the photo booth. And so you've got three artists, I understand that are gonna be involved in Mm -hmm. creating aspects of it this year.
1: Our Lugo guests have like a ravenous appetite for the photo booth. It's such a
0: popular uh,
1: feature of the event. And every year, again, my coworker, Lindsay Ruski, she does a lot of our design work at the gallery. She tries to sort of one up herself a little bit on the photo booth. So this year uh, we're gonna be projecting visuals over top of the people, I guess, okay. of people in the picture. So the tests she's done so far have been like really cool. And so she's reached out to some some artists to provide uh, visuals for that as well, which is another nice way to like link in or, or bring in some uh, local artists.
0: So we have Ben Hedinga, who's known for his geometric. Works. Yeah. I, I I was in front making at the same time as Ben, and always remembered looking up to these extremely delicate, detailed pieces that he was doing. Mm-hmm. So. And then we have Emily M. Collett, and then Derek Sandbeck of yeah. BAM and AKA, but he's going to be doing some props, as I understand it. Yeah,
1: he's going to be creating uh, three dimensional objects that out of uh foam core so that we can project onto those as well so i think that'll look really cool
0: i always think of his pieces that he did for the most recent bam show he was in and he often is working in that sort of way so Mm it seems like a natural fit
1: yeah for sure yeah no i think it i think it's gonna look great and yeah i'm really proud of the work that lindsay has been putting into that she's sort of the unsung hero a little bit of lugo i I get to go on like the radio and tv and talk about it and like take all the credit (laughs) but uh yeah, she, she puts so much of herself into this uh, event. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how these things turn out.
0: Well, it has a certain visual look for a reason. Yeah, yeah it's going
1: to be great this year. Yeah.
0: So then, Troy, if you don't mind, just give us some details about when the event is, if tickets are still available, how people could sure. get them.
1: Yep, so uh, we still have tickets available. They're available on uh, Pick a Tick, uh, which uh, is a link to on our website and Facebook and social media stuff. The Modern uh, website is uh, org slash pre-launch, which is um, not always that intuitive, but uh, you can uh, go on there and find links uh, about Lugo, read artist bios, learn more about the event, and find links to your tickets. Uh, the event is on Saturday. Doors open at 8.30. We have a pre-event this year that starts at 6.30, so all that information on those tickets are available uh, on our website, and we'll probably be selling tickets at the door even, so If you don't get a ticket Friday and you still want to come check it out, chances are you can pop in and have a look.
0: Well, great. And thank you, Troy, for coming on the program and talking more about Lugo. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM. As always, you can find us on social media. We're Unframed Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to this episode or any of our past episodes on our podcast at unframedradio.com or on iTunes. Thank you and have a good evening.